live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios. It's time for the Plank Show with Josh Helmer and Sooner sideline reporter Chris Plank. <laughs> oh, let's go. It's the Plank Show. We're back in studio. I'm pretty sure we're supposed to be here, right, Josh? I think we're supposed to be here. Let's I hope feel so. good, right? If we're not, it's too late. Yeah, sorry to any business. I, I Perry pulled in right behind me, so usually Perry would be the guy that would be in charge of, hey, where we're supposed to be. So when he didn't freak out that he saw me pulling into the station this morning, I feel good about yeah, that. Yeah, that's a good sign. Good start. Not as good as, what was it, TJ? I think uh, about a month ago where I walk in, he goes, you're supposed to be somewhere today. Boy, that is a... That's a terrible feeling. Stress-inducing moment. Bro, when I left the equipment at softball on Saturday night, it's it's the worst feeling I've ever had in my life. Like, how do you even do that? How does that even happen? Did you sprint back and go get it? No. I, I mean, I literally had no... If, if Natalie... Natalie Jones, Natalie... She's my lifesaver. I say, did I say Nat Jones? Who's Nat Jones? Natalie Davis is my lifesaver. My absolute lifesaver. If she... And it's funny because literally, Josh, I was one of like the last 10, 15 people to leave the stadium. I, and it's, it's wild because Saturday, it wasn't like some long, laborious day, but it felt that way, right? We got started about 40 minutes late because the Kentucky and UIC game went long. Then we actually had to play a seven-inning game. But what's funny about that seven-inning game is the they actually had to overturn a call that would have kept it from being a five inning game, but it and like in other words, it's not like oh you must have been so wore out. No, no, no. I think I might just be dumb sometimes, Josh. Eaten up, as my dad used to say, he's eaten up with the dumb a. Oh, thank you, Nat. You saved my day. I'm very grateful for you. Yeah, I can't bat a thousand. Right, all right. Listen, oh, I, you guys don't give me credit every time I put the equipment in my car and take it home. That's right. I mean, <laughs> you got you to count your victories, remember? That's right. That's right. Hey, did I get home in one piece? Yes. Do I have the equipment? Yes. Would it be? A, would anyone even know if I hadn't said anything? Well, I'm getting in front of this because I'm worried Natalie might go and make fun of me to everyone at OU. So I figure if I get in front of this now, we'll be in good shape. Indeed. Always get in front of it if you can. Because you just never know. She might be sitting in a meeting. It's like, anyone else got anything? And she might go, I got something. Let me tell you about Plank. I'll tell you what Plank did on Saturday night. <laughs> so you... I just, If I'm out in front of it and she sits in a meeting, she goes, did you guys hear about Plank? Oh, we were just listening. And they're like, yeah. Yeah, you left the equipment. Can you believe that? She's like, how'd you know? Got in front of you, Nat. I see your evil ways. No, literally, she did save the day. And then was kind enough to take it home with her? Dude, that's that's kin right there. That's friendship. Let's go. All right. Um, hey, good Monday morning, everybody. We got a lot to get to. But big softball weekend. I've got I've got notes galore from this weekend. I want to share with you. And I don't know what it is. I I, I again. I'd like to chalk it up to they're just that good. But I told you guys on Friday, told you guys on Thursday, Kentucky's a good team. Kentucky is a good team, dude. That is a that's a top 25 team. That's a team that when the, as the season progresses might 
might host a regional. I don't want to get too carried away here, but they they could find themselves in the top 16 by the end of the season, Josh. They're that with Kowalik and listen, they got some pitching issues. Holy smokes. But with, you know, the way that they appear like they can swing the sticks, that's a good team. And Oklahoma beat them 18 to nothing and had them beat eight zip. But only ended up winning 7-1. I mean, have, have you – we'll get to it. I, if I get started now, it'll be the whole show, and it, it just won't stop. It, it'll be like, – like literally, you have the text line up, right? Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Bobby and B.A. writes, has Nugent's home run landed yet? I think it's the deepest shot I've seen at Marita Hinesfield. And – the home run call is lost in the ethers. It wasn't taped. It wasn't recorded. But I think it's the closest to dropping like a holy S in the middle of something. Because I was feeling good on Saturday. Wait, was that Friday? Friday. Nugent's shot was on Friday. I was feeling good on Friday, and I had DJ Sanchez with me. And DJ's awesome. Now, I won't hold it against her, Josh, that she went to Roxana, the arch rival of my beloved Wood River Oilers. And if I'm not mistaken, I'll have to check with DJ. I think DJ's parents are Oilers. Did I get that backwards? Anyway, you don't need my high school uh, my high school scouting report. But I had DJ with me, so it was awesome. And DJ literally said right before Kinsey Hansen's home run, she said, man, Kinsey can put a charge into one here. I said, how about a grand slam? To, and literally first pitch, boom, grand slam over center field. We were we were jiving, dude. We were working on, on Friday. And when Nugent hit her home run, it was – oh, he went back to back to back at that moment. I don't have my scorebook, but I think it was it was like Nugent, maybe Hanson and Lilio. Is that right? Anyway, I think it went over the scoreboard. I haven't had a chance to go back and watch the highlights, but I'm pretty sure that thing – you know, we've got the advanced metrics that they've been kind enough – uh, JT and Ryan Wondrasek to to let us look at. I didn't have it on Friday. I had it on Saturday. But, dude, I'm telling you right now, I felt like that thing went like 320. But I think it was only like 240. It was really like 246. But still, that is a bomb. I feel like it was the uh, it was the fourth inning. Yeah, there you go. Who was it that went back to back to back? Let's look. Yeah, Nugent, Lily. Oh, and Sanders. Nugent. Sanders, Lilia. Sanders' home run, by the way. Sanders' home run, the girl went over the wall and took it from her, but then the ball popped out of her glove. And so, and I don't know, maybe someone in the left field bleachers can check in today. Maybe it hit off the glove. But I've got a lot to get to from softball this weekend. It was was a fun weekend. We we were out in the concourse, so we were in it, and I love that. It's a blast. Though I will say Grace Lyons didn't play. On Saturday, she was uh, – they're going to rest her. She's a little under the weather. And, I mean, it couldn't have been more perfectly timed, dude. It's like the second inning of a Saturday game, and it's right right before an inning gets ready to start. And this is – some dude – some dude – and, and I'm, I'm not mad. I'm not complaining about this. It's just funny. He goes, plank, plank. And it's like the whole place got quiet while this guy was yelling at me. And I'm like – Okay, if I turn around, I'm going to get yelled at. Maybe this is that guy that uses all caps and yells at me on Twitter. And he, he's 
he always has to end everything with sad because all he does is tweet anything Trump says. So I'm just like, oh, here we go again. So I didn't know. I'm like, okay, am I getting yelled at here? Did I do something wrong? And I mean, Josh, it's it's almost as if nothing is going on but this guy talking to me in this stadium. It's crazy. Plank! Hey! Plank! And I turn around, and I feel like everyone is looking at me. And this guy goes, where's Grace Lyons? <laughs> and I'm like, she's resting? Oh. Okay. <laughs> question I, answered, deal done. I, 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 hope, I hope that answered your question. But, I mean, here's, here's – she's not hurt. So is that a good way to answer? She's not hurt. She's resting up. We're good to go the rest of the way. So I hope that answered the question. But it scared the you-know-what out of me. Because usually I don't hear anything because I'll leave my, my headphones on and I'll just have my crowd mic. But this guy, like, boomed through the crowd mic. You're like, ah! Where was this guy? He was, like, ten rows up, too, behind me. I mean, he – He's he got me. So where, do you, where do you broadcast from? Literally the fr- it's right on the concourse, like where Joey sits and everyone. That's where I sit. It was. So you're in it. I am in the belly of the beast, as Poppy would say. So it was it was fun. Anyway, a lot of softball to get to today in our regular 10 a.m. spring football preview. I want to spend a couple of days. So last week we spent a couple of days on receivers. And I might even bug Teddy to get more educated uh, about certain things. But I want to talk about the pass rush, maybe more specifically the ability to affect the passer. And I figured today and tomorrow, you know, we've already talked about Sean McCullough, but I figured today and tomorrow, Josh, we would look at a couple of the grad transfers. Um, so tomorrow, Bothroyd, the kid from Wake Forest, we're going to talk about. And today, we're going to spend our first day on this Hill Very Radio program obsessing over Trace Ford and his potential impact. So for our spring football countdown, uh, Trace Ford and what role we think he can play and the difference he might be able to make. So that's coming up at 10 a.m. Where do we slide in our combine talk today? Were you – I guess I didn't realize how many dudes Iowa had last year. How do they – oh, offense. I noticed there were none of them on the offensive side. Just Sam Laporta. But, man, you had you had a bunch of dudes out there on the defensive side. Yep. Jack Campbell, Lucas Van Ness, Riley Moss. I, it's is. Kayvon Merriweather was there. I was literally cracking up at Sauce Gardner in the conversation about the white cornerback. Have you heard this? R- yeah. No, no, no. But I saw people saying that about Riley Moss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and Moss is he's, he literally like, yeah, I want to be the first starting Pro Bowl cornerback in the NFL. That's white since, yes, you know who it was? I should, but I don't. When you hear it, you're going to be mad. Jason Seahorn. Oh, the Giants I, I, and, and his I, sweet hair. I did see that this week. Yeah. Now that but, you're it. But uh, on our side of things, do we have any updates on Wanya Morris? I haven't seen anything. So Morris is running the 40, and after Anton Harrison had ran a, what, a five flat, and I think he got a 4-9. But, um, I mean, Wanya Morris was cooking, and he – Humble, dude. 
he went down hard. And I, I know there were some that started taking to Twitter and say, hey, this is why you shouldn't have offensive linemen running the 40-yard dash to begin with. It doesn't happen in a game. It's dumb. But then again, what part of the combine honestly makes a lot of sense? What's crazy is Wanye Morris ran a better time when he pulled his hamstring than he did the first time. But I haven't seen any updates this morning at all. Isn't that brutal to watch, man? It's like literally you see that moment where you feel like his hamstring just popped. Yeah, I you know, I really hope he's okay. Yeah, it's, that's rough to watch. I haven't seen, you know, even when it happened, I've got a, a list of, I've got a list of, uh, I call it good sooner info, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of good reports and good reporters on there. I didn't see anyone tweet about it. So, I mean, 499 for Anton Harrison, and that's what everyone's talking about. But, boy, Wanye Morris, that was ugh. Grade two hamstring. Oh, okay. Four, uh, three to four-week recovery. So, that's via Ian Rappaport. So, that is officially official. Okay. So, that is officially official from, like, literally 30 minutes ago. Yep. TBD okay. on Pro Day. Okay. Which is coming up on March <laughs> I mean, literally, Pro Day is right around the corner, too. So, I thought it was a good combine um, for Oklahoma guys. I was, you know, we talked a lot on, on our show, and I know Parker and Trav got into it during the, uh, during the Steel Man and Thune at Noon show. Steely back today. Already in, ready for his program. How about that? It's like he's ready. Does he have, I mean, he's like ready to cook. Steel Man, you got three hours, buddy. Love it. But beyond the comments that Marvin Mims made about the route tree and the routes that he was asked to run and things of that nature, um, I, I thought he ran a lot better time than I expected. I mean, I didn't I, – I guess maybe I should re, reclaim or clarify that, restate that. I didn't think by any stretch of the imagination that he was going to be low – are slow, but I also, whenever I was looking at the number that he ran in the 40, it's like, oh my gosh. In fact, whenever you look at guys that are considered combine risers, Marvin Mims is on that list. Here's what NFL.com wrote about his Saturday performance. Mims exceeded my expectations with measurements, and still put up an excellent 40 time. He measured in at 5'10 and 7'8, 183 pounds, and his 40 was a 4'38. Did that seem faster? I mean, I don't, maybe I expected 4'4, 4'4'3 or something, but 4'38, I, I mean, we knew Mims was fast, but I guess I kind of stepped back like, whoa, okay. My man is fast, he fast. He can cook. Yeah, he made himself some money with that, no doubt. 39 and a half vertical. 10-foot-9 broad jump as well. Um, they wrote here he seemed to fly a bit under the radar nationally despite playing at Oklahoma, but everyone saw him excel in drills. He caught every pass thrown his way. Now, now he does. Uh, his body, I'm kidding. His body control was outstanding, and he was one of the few receivers able to make a hairpin turn on comeback routes. Time to watch his stock rise. Again, I'm not going to sit here and try to 
put him in the first round. But my man, I wouldn't run whenever I had Pro Day here at OU, and I don't think he's going to. In fact, I he might just stand on his combine results. But that's that's pretty big time, Josh. Whenever you're able to go out, it's the ultimate job test. And maybe one of those big questions is, well, is he, is he going to be big enough? Okay, he passed that. All right, well, he had a few drops. Seems like he passed that. Kudos to Marvin Mims. It appears as if he had an excellent Saturday at the Combine. Well, B. John Robinson ran a four four six. Exactly. Marvin Mims faster than B. John Robinson. No wonder we were using him on so many jet sweeps. All right, um, listen, we got a break. I've got so much more from the Combine to get to. We haven't even touched on uh, Eric Gray's day. We haven't even touched on the weekend that was in basketball. I mean, what a performance by the Sooners on senior day. It goes back to what you heard Porter Moser talk about a lot, and that was, you know, doing it for your seniors. And in this case, you know, Tanner Groves, doing it for that guy. And it seemed like Oklahoma really came out and played well. It was a weird day. Did you see what Iowa State did to Baylor on Saturday? I did. Mark The Mark Adams situation that played out on Saturday? I think he's coached his last game in Lubbock. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean – Look, the fan base was already tiring of Mark Adams, and then you add this on top of it. It's such an easy firing with cause situation. Oof. Meanwhile, you mentioned Iowa State. First game uh, post-dismissing Caleb Grill, and they go out and do that? Yeah. And I still don't know what's going on with the Caleb Grill situation, right? I don't think anybody does, except and, for Caleb Grill, the team, and the staff. And I guess at my 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 core, I'm just being nosy. I'm just being nosy, but it's pretty wild. All right, we'll do a timeout. When we come back, <laughs> there's a story I'm very triggered by, and I want to share it with you, and we'll dive into it coming up next. It involves an all-time record in trying to create a record whenever time is up. We'll get into it next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. This is your home for Sooner Fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. Life's too short for small buns. 405- Someone asked uh, off the air comfort solutions a text line 405-651-3439. It's Brazilian Sooner. Just wanted to know why Eric Gray didn't run. Really liked him speaking in interviews. Very solid young man. I don't know. It's a great question. He did the broad jump. He did the vertical jump. And he didn't do anything. He he didn't do the 40. He didn't do the three cone. He didn't do the bench press. I would assume that he's waiting to do it all at Pro Day. Maybe maybe he's healing up something from the season. Wants to give it plenty of time, though. That would be what? He didn't play in the bowl game. So December to January, January to February. That'd be like three months that he's able to heal up. So wait, you said what, what, what events did he take part in? And he did some events that would involve your lower extremity. He did the vertical jump and the broad jump. Yeah, I don't know. That doesn't make much sense to me, why you would do those two. Yeah, not run. And that's not going to be received well 
by NFL teams. Unless they got a good answer, right? Unless they got a they when in their interviews with him, they're like, hey, you know, I'm I had this foot thing or I had this toe thing or wh- whatever, right? He was dealing with some things during the season, but I mean, Eric Gray was always he was always seemingly pointing to just like soft tissue stuff that he could stretch out. I mean, he wasn't really I know he had the ankle spatted up a couple times. I'm trying to remember the Iowa State game. Remember, he went to the tent. Longest time anyone's ever been in the tent in the history of ever. In fact, I was so worried about him being in the tent, Josh, I thought he had exited. I thought he had left out of the back door. And I guess I guess he said, I just had to get it stretched out. I couldn't get it stretched out. So, I'll tell you what. It was a great day for Anton Harrison. That's for certain. I thought he made himself some money. OU players who it appears that have had a good combine so far, just real quick, Marvin Mims and Anton Harrison. I think Braden Willis did about what they expected him to. Because ever, what's everyone losing their mind to right now? The Georgia tight end. That's, that's who everybody's freaking out about now. So all right, we'll get back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, in full coming up the bottom of the hour. I, I kind of came in hot about losing equipment, but Josh, how was how was your weekend? You had a lot of high school football, didn't you? Had a lot of high school basketball. Did I say football? Yeah, I'm in a football mindset. You, you knew, you knew. I know where I was going. <laughs> yeah, I, it, we did. Yeah, that was fun. Got to uh, take part in the area championships out in Chickasha mm-hmm. on Thursday, Friday, and. Saturday, so it, it was good, man. Had a, had a nice weekend. Had the Gimme Zone Saturday morning. I was listening a little bit to the Gimme Zone. Common Grounds Coffee Festival was was cooking. Brian mm. was out there. Sounded like many of you were out there because it was <laughs> buzzing from what the ambient uh, noise out there sounded like. You know what? It is. It's a good time of year, man. Even though now I say nice weather and it's going to start pouring over the next few days. <laughs> this is great weather. And it's like, oh, wait, it's going to be rainy and 40. Tomorrow, everybody. But yeah. Oh, um, someone asked about Turk. You know, Turk was running the forty, and he didn't even really have to. I think he was just yeah, doing why? it to show off because he knew he was going to run a sub five forty. Specialists. I mean, let's let's eliminate that. That's a waste of everybody's time. Uh, yeah, love and, Turk, but I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 but he didn't. But see, again, they don't. I don't think they ask punters or kickers to run the forty. I think they give them the option, and nine out of ten times, you're like, yeah, we're good. Just will you kind of come watch us kick or punt? And Turk was like, yeah, I'll run it. And by God, he <laughs> he ran a sub-540, <laughs> which was amazing. All right, I'm really triggered by something. This is old man. You tell me if you agree with it or not, okay? Gotcha. So Detroit Mercy's Antoine Davis. Are you familiar? Yes. Came up three points shy of the all-time scoring mark in college basketball history. Look out, Pistol Pete. Three-point shy. Detroit Mercy's season should be over. Finished 14-19 and 19 overall. Josh, they were 9-11 and 11 in conference play. The CBI. CBI. Last time it was relevant to me when Tulsa won the very first ever CBI. They want to give them an opportunity to break the record. They're talking, you got to buy your way into the CBI, right? First, you got to be invited, then you got to pay. Last I gosh, I remember it's like 30 grand or something ridiculous to host a home game. And 
They're talking about doing that to help him break the mark. Listen, I understand that people can look at an extra year to break a record and say it's already unfair to begin with because this is the fifth season and this is his highest scoring season and this is the year whenever Antoine Davis of Detroit Mercy has taken the most shots in his career. I'm being quick on this. Some might say, Plank, what about Jocelyn Alo? She got another season. All right, good point. Um, the all-time record for home runs was, what, 95? Jocelyn hit 122. So let's take away the eight that she hit in 24 games that were played in 2020 before COVID shut down the season. She still breaks the record by like 30. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. She 114 to 95. Okay, so maybe I'm a little bit carried away. What's that? What's that exactly? Like um 20? Right? Yeah. I mean, again. 19. 19, thank you. It's not a comparison. Her her best seasons were obviously in the midst of that extra year, but in that same vein, she was well on her way to breaking the record, even with a somewhat slow start during the 2020 year. So if you want to try to use that as a comparison, it doesn't work. In this case, I mean, dude, they gave they did everything to give him the record. Everything. And he comes up three points short. So here's my question. Is it is it right to buy a spot into the CBI if you're Detroit Mercy to try to break this record for Antoine Davis, keeping his keeping in mind his my his dad Mike is the coach of the team. I probably haven't thought of Mike Davis since final four days in Indiana, right? But I mean, you don't manufacture records, right? You can't. When you're a, a five games under five hundred and you're gonna buy a spot in the CBI so this guy can break the record? I mean, come on, dude. That just doesn't seem – that doesn't seem right. You had your chance. The team, first of all, wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. And now you're buying the record. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely see that portion of it. For but, the CBI, it's great. Right. If you're the CBI – and by, do you know who broadcasts the CBI? No. Flow Sports. Oh, no. <laughs> Of course it's Flow Sports. Oh, gosh. Those dastardly deeds, they're always a part of them. Yeah, exactly. Unbelievable. Unbel- and Pistol Pete did it in three years. It's a great point from the 402. Way less games, right? And no three-point line. Yeah. Well, look, let's just all collectively hey. agree it's still Pistol Pete's record. Can, can I just add this to it? There's no shame in finishing second all-time in scoring in college basketball history. There is no shame in that at all. That's a pretty big deal. All right, well, good. So we're kind of all on the same page. I just saw that develop over the weekend. I talked about it on my Saturday show, and I realized, I wonder if this would trigger everyone else as much as it has me. Kidding me right now? You're going to buy a game in the CBI so your kid can break the record? Don't manufacture records. Nepotism. A, nep- Nepotism. Would you do this if his last name was Smith? No. <laughs> All right, let's get a sweep of the text line next. It's Josh on Plank. It's the ref, the home of Sooner fans. All right. We got a little breaking news in the NFL, but I'm not going to lie. I'm not mad about it. Um, Derek Carr. 
closing uh, close to signing a deal with the Saints. I like it. Let's see, they got more breaking news on this. Yeah, I, I don't. Why is this question? Ah, uh, back of the class, your hand is raised. Please. How come every single channel comes in crystal clear as a bell in here? But NFL Network never has. I don't know. Have yeah, you noticed I, that? Yeah, something. It's like it's know. always Stikaui. Who do you think we should sue? I'm ready to go to court. Let's go. So that's that's breaking as we speak. Breaking as we speak, Derek Carr. Um, also, prepare yourself. You're going to be inundated with a laundry list of conference realignment stories this week. I'm just telling you right now. Um, I am... I am not a I'm not a fan of how this S gets repurposed. Not from the perspective of like the the wires or the twenty four sevens or whatever, but literally like Arnie, Arnie texts me at six thirty. Arnie, by the way, my buddy on Sunday nights here on Fox Sports Radio, texts me. It's like six thirty in the morning. And it's a screenshot of some friend that he follows on Facebook with that 24-7 sports report of uh, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado leaving for the Big 12. Yeah, there's there's some interesting scuttlebutt there. But I also think it's the same stuff that we've been hearing nonstop. And every single time it comes out, what happens? Nothing. So I, this is my chart. This is my hope that everyone will listen to, which I know you won't. What is the circle of people who know anything about conference realignment? Very small. SM all small. In fact, it took an AD telling the Houston Chronicle for us to ever know about OU in Texas. Yep. And it literally took the Big Ten announcing USC and UCLA were coming for it to happen. It's never a reporter at, no offense, Parker or Brandon or anyone, so this is more West Coast. It's never a 24-7 guy. It's never an on-three guy that breaks the conference realignment news. Until maybe okay? this round? No. It's, this, is a, it? this is a chapter that I feel pretty confident in sign, sealing, and delivery. So can we say that uh, a UCLA 24-7 sports reporter basically is suggesting that this thing's a done deal? Yeah. Who, who would tell him? It's behind a paywall, but... Yeah, who would tell him? That's... And again... Or it was. I, maybe it's not anymore. It's like people that would... There's a certain reporter, not named Robert Allen, because he's awesome. There's a certain reporter out of Stillwater that sometimes people will send me a tweet or it'll get retweeted into my timeline. I'm like... No. They're not talking to anyone. National. It's not reality. So I'm a... I still will fight in that camp, Josh Helmer, that I think that there is a place for the big tw- for the uh, Pac-12. So I still think there is a place. I think so, too, and yet you've got that going on, and you've got your boy, your boy Colin Cowherd, saying that Oregon and Washington – I saw that this weekend. To the Big Ten for non-full revenue shares. I mean – if it's more than what the Pac-12 would offer, do you say yes? I don't – twofold. Number one. How would he know that? He doesn't. Um, one guy told him. That's what's happening right now. One guy tells someone something, and it's like, oh, really? But I would say 
what's interesting about that is that one guy who might say something to Coward, which is why I look at it, and while it doesn't make any sense to me, it might be a TV guy. And TV guys are running this anyway, or gals. So I just, I don't know, but I just can't fathom that you would be that desperate to get to another conference that you would take half Eddie half. And I still firmly believe, Josh, that if the Big Ten wanted Oregon and Washington, they would be there. I will die on that hill. The Big Ten doesn't have a new commissioner yet, though, right? They don't even have a commissioner in place. I wonder what that's. Uh, so, I wonder what's going to happen there with that. Well, and and again, depending on who you believe, the report is that the Big Ten presidents couldn't care less of further expansion unless it involved Notre Dame. And, and I, here's the other thing that I've learned in covering conference realignment stories for years and years and years, years. All right. Everyone has a narrative they want out there. Everyone has a story they want out there. Everyone thinks, Josh Elmer, they're talking to the decision maker when 9.5 out of 10 times you're talking to someone that wants to get something out there. Is that making sense? I mean, I'm not trying to dump all over everyone's conference realignment report for the back, uh, for the Pac-12, but I feel like it's just the same S recycled over and over. I don't think that the Big Ten's looking to go out west anymore. I don't think that the Pac-12 is on the verge of imploding. What's our three-part play? Boy, Pac-12. Looks like they're in trouble. Act two. Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah are meeting with the Big 12. Act three. Pac-12 staying together. Seem to like each other. Fiend. End. That's literally what happens in all of these reports. And maybe it is a lot of we like to create realignment storylines, right? It's it's page views, it's clicks. People are interested, sure. they engage in it. I mean, people are like Saturdays down south. I've never heard of it before. And they're like, do you see this? I'm like, SEC coverage website. Right. An anonymous source says that the – okay – Put your name on it, and then I'll buy into it a little bit more. I mean, when Bruce Feldman, when Pete Thamel, Dodd, then I – yes, Dennis Dodd, then I'll buy into it a little bit more. But again, everything just seems real flimsy on all the reporting. According to my sources, there is a chance that the possibility of a meeting between Arizona and potentially the Big 12 could possibly take place on Tuesday. And all anyone sees is – Arizona's meeting Tuesday with a Big 12? It's like, hold up here. There's like eight disclaimers in there. Well, I said it was possible, even though it didn't happen. There's a lot to sift through on this, whether or not it's all just, again, clickbait nonsense, or if there's some legs to it. I mean, you hear all sorts of stuff that Stanford and Cal are legitimately considering being independent, that Oregon and Washington, that deal from Cowherd there, that they would take a lesser share. We know that the the corner schools have been, you know, your marketing company clearly. Yeah, they're they're chasing them. No Question, doubt. Yes. Why would Stanford and Cal want to go independent? I if, don't know if they. If I, people I, I have no idea. If people aren't pining over the Pac-12's rights, I'm willing to bet they're not pining over getting Stanford and Washington. But that's just me. All right, listen, let's um, hit a couple of these. Oh, we got a break. 
Hit the text when we come back. See, this is what happens when we start talking conference realignment. I'm just my charge is this. Remember, that circle is tight in these conference realignment stories. Tight. They're tight with teams going places. The stories that are out there are out there because they want them to be out there. When we come back, your text next on the ref. All right. Um, stroll through some questions here. Air Comfort Solutions text line. Our softball conversations, probably bottom of next hour. You're bolting on me, though, aren't you? I am, yeah. Okay. I'm I'm out of here in, I don't know, 40 minutes or so. Are you going to be able to hang for the Trace Ford in the in the spring preview, or do you got to get? No, no, no. Yeah, okay, I'll, good. I'll, okay, cool. I'll be hanging out. Um, I think I'm going to stay for the first two segments of hour two. Okay, good. From the 405, why is the softball team playing Southeast Louisiana? I mean, dude, what what do you expect? Like freaking Kentucky and UCLA and Mississippi State every single night? They're going to have teams that play in some of these tournaments that they go to that it's a big deal for them. I saw the Illinois-Chicago girls after the game were taking pictures of having the opportunity to play Marine Hines Field. It's a big deal to them. So you don't always play bangers every single game. This is unacceptable. Should play Mississippi State. Why not Alabama? What's wrong with you? Yeah, they're going to – it's just the nature of, of, of scheduling the bees. I'm pretty sure that when Texas A&M and Baylor had Sam Houston State on the schedule, they didn't expect to get swept by a team that got run ruled against Delaware earlier this season. So I don't, I don't get too down on it. Uh, Yardbird Richard writes: It's going to be a good feeling when OU and its fans are no longer dealing with the petty pokes. I liked how Toby put it, and again, if you weren't around on Saturday. The OU women won the Big 12 championship, and I guess uh, Oklahoma State was a little upset with their celebration. But again, I I don't know how I would feel if people were celebrating on my court, on my field, on my team's – hold on, I mean, I see teams celebrate all the time on my team's field in the NFL. <laughs> um, it sucks. But it's part. If you don't like it, beat them. I mean, they didn't bring out a ladder and cut down your nets. You don't. You don't like people talking trash about you, or quote unquote disrespecting you. Don't get beat. Win the game. Simple. Um, yeah. Don't don't cough up the lead. Don't allow the third quarter to happen. Right. Camo sooner writes plank. I know that maddening feeling of forgetting something. There's usually some choice words involved. Here's the thing, Camo Sooner, is I wouldn't have even known I was missing something probably well into the night. Oh, no. Like, I would, I got home, and, and bag was secured, and I was chilling, man. Ah, what a weekend. What a great weekend, man. I thought I had a couple good calls. I mean, voice was hanging in there. Show Monday with Josh. Can't wait. I would not have even noticed had Natalie not texted me. Would have had no clue whatsoever. <laughs> what What did the text say? Is this yours? Oh, man. With like a picture or whatever? With a picture of it. And I was like, oh. in my mind, I'm like, did you take that out of my car? <laughs> uh, this is fairly lengthy, but I, I want to. I want to get it in here for the 917. Thanks for the awesome experience for those that haven't been. 
Couldn't recommend seeing the women's gymnastics team enough. Seriously fun night and overall amazing performance. The hype video was awesome. Toby Seen setter set chills as usual. Opening vault to Seven Nation Army was a showstopper. But the wins for the night was my daughter getting to, one, meet Mr. OU, and two, catch a T-shirt. Took it to the basketball game Saturday between soccer games. Somehow my tickets were by a bunch of TCU fans. They didn't appreciate her screaming, he broke your ankles over and over. <laughs> Sooners got two wins, and she got the silver for her tournament. Wow. Oh, and we got a Doc B sighting before the basketball game started. She didn't understand why that was a big deal, but I assured her it was. Oh, absolutely. Gigantic. Massive deal. Um, I I was very grateful to Caitlin Fournier, Tyler and his crew over there, and their belief in uh, us in a promotional outlet for OU Athletics. It's a big deal. And to see that response was amazing. I, I went over after the game on Friday, and I – I snuck in, Josh. I've never seen the Lloyd Noble Center parking lot packed like that. That was insane. And I know you had a couple of other events going on, but it was really, really awesome to see. And wasn't quite a sellout. And I know KJ Kindler wants sellouts, but it was a juiced atmosphere. So congrats to everybody. Everybody that won tickets. Hope you guys had an enjoyable Friday night. Okay. Uh, great text. Softball talk coming up in about 30 minutes. But we're talking spring football and the countdown to the sp- start of spring with pass ru- uh, the pass rush, specifically the addition of Trace Ford is next.